You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Matthew chapter number 11 and verse number 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his twelve disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. In verse number 2, the Bible says, Now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. Verse 5, The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. And as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, What went ye out to, uh, into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind. But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment. Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in kings' houses. But what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Verily I say unto you, Among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. I'd like to talk to us a few moments on this question that John asks in verse number three. It says, and he said unto him, art thou he that should come or do we look for another? Or if we'd like to condense it down to just a few words, is this for real? Is this for real? And let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity that I have to preach your word and Lord, I know that I'm unworthy, but I thank you so much for your calling on my life. I pray that you'd help me as I preach to have your power, to have wisdom, to relay the thoughts and the insights that you've given to me. Most of all, I pray that your name would be honored and glorified. For we ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. What do you do when you're discouraged? What do you do when you're depressed or downhearted? What do you do when you feel like the world around you is falling apart as you know it? I find here that John is at a point that based on his circumstances, he begins to doubt. And maybe at that time he's looking at his surroundings and the, at that point in time he's in jail, he's in prison. And by the way, you know what? Some of us can be in prison of our own doing. But he was there for doing what was right. And you know what, if we're in despair, if we're in doubt, if we're discouraged because of our own doing, then it's a little bit different reaction. But if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing from what we know best, and yet trials still come, and yet tragedy still comes, sometimes we can doubt. And say, man, should I have even done that? You know, was it worth it? Hey, is this real? Have you ever been there before? Maybe you're there now. You know, there was a time... Uh, many years ago that uh, my wife and I, uh, we were engaged at the time, or no, we weren't engaged, we were just dating at the time. We went to 
Monterey to the 17-mile drive. We ate at this fancy restaurant. And uh, after we were eating at the restaurant, it was the night that I was going to propose to her. And as we're walking around, I had to throw her off because she couldn't know that it was the day. And uh, so as we're walking around, there was a jewelry shop there. And uh, I found like the, the most hideous looking ring there. And I said, that's what you like, right? Something like that. And I could just see the disappointment in her face. Like, do you even know me? I think is what she said. And uh, I said, I got her. She's, she, we're there, we're there. And uh, we continued walking around. And then I had found a specific uh, spot on the ocean there. And uh, we had walked down and I opened up a present that I had for it. In this present, it was a glass bottle with a note inside of it that I had prepared, and it you know, had all this juicy stuff in it. At the end, it said, will you marry me? And uh, so I don't know if I was reading it or she was reading it, whatever else, but I think she was reading it, and then I got down on one knee and uh, held out a little box, and she made a statement to me at that time. Now, if you ask how this statement sounded, it's going to differ between what I say and what she said. But the statement was, is this for real? So that's the facts. But the question is how that statement was made. I always come back and say, she looked at me and said, is this for real? And uh, she always says, no, I said it like, is this for real? And so, but nonetheless, the statement was made, is this for real? But you know what? Sometimes in life, we can be faced with circumstances. We can be faced with things in life and we're trying to do what's right. We're trying to follow God and it just seems like the world around us is falling down. Maybe it's expectations that we had. We expected that, you know what, one day I thought that at this point in time in my life that things would be different, you know, and you hit that magical age of 40 and then everything's downhill from there or 100 and everything's downhill from there or whatever it is in your life that you're facing and all of a sudden you, you, you come to a point in life and you say, is everything for real? And you start to question it. Have you ever been there before? And lest we think here, Let's talk about this individual that we have. We're talking about John the Baptist. You know, if, if uh, you know, Dan Bybee said, is this for real? I'd be like, well, that's just Brother Dan, you know? But we're not talking about just Brother Dan. We're talking about John the Baptist. Say, well, who is John the Baptist? And I'd like to look at a little bit of background here to just classify that this individual was no ordinary individual. This individual had God's power on his life. This individual was in the presence of Jesus Christ. And uh, John's mother, Elizabeth, was cousins with Mary, who was the mother of Jesus. When the two met, and both of them were expecting John, uh, Mary and Elizabeth, Elizabeth heard Mary speak, and something miraculous happened. The Bible says that John leaped in her womb. And I believe that he knew that he was in the presence of Jesus Christ, even as a baby inside of the womb, he felt the presence of God. He knew what the presence of God was like. In Matthew 3, verse number 1, the Bible says, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And it says that same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and honey. Then went out to him to Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. And then it says, And he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to him, but he said unto him, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? John was a preacher of God's word. 
there were many converts and he baptized many folks in the name of Jesus Christ. John was preaching in the wilderness and when he saw Jesus, he didn't doubt. He didn't say, hey, who are you? Jesus didn't need an introduction. John looked at him and with a, a firm voice says, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And John goes on to baptize Jesus and the heavens were open and a voice spoke out, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And John was present when all that was taking place. Jesus himself said in Luke 7, 28, For I say unto you, among those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. You know what? It's great when somebody else says something good about you. But imagine God, Jesus Christ, saying that about you. So again, if this individual named John, who had done all these great things, who had been in the, the presence of God, who had baptized Jesus Christ and saw the miracles and saw everything that took place, can arrive at a time in his life when he says, hey, is this real? Art thou he that should come? Or look we for another, then I think definitely in our lives, we can come to that point in life as well. I'd like to talk about just a few things tonight about what we do when we're facing tragedy. What we do when we're facing a situation where we ask, is this for real? Is everything that I believe real? Because it seems like life is crashing down around me. It seems like I thought that if I followed God, I thought that if I read the Word of God, I thought that if I did what's right and followed God, that everything was just going to work out and life was just going to be a, a straight path. But we know that's far from the truth. You see, the Christian life, the Bible says man is born of adversity. But the difference in our lives is we have the Holy Spirit that's in, that indwells us. Hey, we know that I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me that no matter if tragedy comes or not, we can still have faith, we can still have peace, we can still have joy. You know what, sometimes there's a temptation that when we take a stand and trouble comes and tragedy comes, that we then back away from that stand. And you know what, I think that John could have said in that prison at any point in time, hey, you know what, I think I made a mistake. You know, Herod, this is what I said, and I know that the Bible, I know that, I know that it may not have seemed right, but you know what, I, you, you may be okay. Hey, I, I think everything's okay. And you know what? He could have been restored. I believe that that could have happened. But you know what? John, not knowing what was going to take place, said, no, what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. You know, pastor preached and said, hey, it's time for us to take a stand. It's time as Christians to take a stand. And you know what? Uh, I had said even before, and I don't look at the elections to get my encouragement or discouragement. I think, I think you can sometimes, and it's like, hey, you know what? Politics just kind of comes and goes. But you know what? I was encouraged about it. I said, you know what? If Joe Biden becomes president, then guess what? Christians are going to have to take a stand. There's no more hiding around saying, ah, you know what? I'm not sure what I believe. It's time to take a stand, amen? And by the way, if that stand means that people are going to label you intolerant or that stand means that people are going to be isolated from you or think that you're wild or think that you're crazy, then guess what? Join the club. You know what club that is? The Jesus Club. Because Jesus, the creator of the earth, came to this life and was here among men and he knew all things and had all wisdom and all power. And the Bible says that he was despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. 
And you know what? If that doesn't encompass any part of our life, if we don't have tragedies, if we don't have trials, if we don't have people persecuting us, then maybe we need to check and say, am I taking a stand? But we just want to be comfortable here in this life. The Bible talks about being lukewarm, and that's not what I want to be. What can we do in times of trials? What can we do in times of trouble? The first thing I see here in verse number two, it says here, now when John had, what's the next word? Now when John had, what's the next word? He heard. What did he hear? What caused him to, to think here? It says, when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ. So John is there in the prison, and there's a stir going on. And that stir is talking about what Jesus was doing. And you know what? All of a sudden, John did something. He remembered. And I'm not sure what was taking place in John's life at that specific time, but I can tell you this, he was doubting. Hey, I can tell you this, he was discouraged. Hey, I can tell you this, he was defeated. And I'm not sure what he was saying or what he was doing at that specific time. But as he's sitting there in that prison cell and he hears some commotion going on and he's wondering, hey, what's taking place here? Hey, why are these people excited in prison? Hey, what's the news that's going on? And he hears that it's the works of Jesus Christ, that God is still doing something outside of the prison. And all of a sudden, John starts to remember, hey, you know what? I remember being there with Jesus Christ and looking and saying, hey, behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And I remember the heavens being open and the Spirit of God descending like a dove and Jesus, God calling out from heaven, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hey, I remember uh, Jesus doing miracles and I remember things taking place, but yet some circumstances have come in his life and he began to doubt. And at that time, he remembered things that took place. And it caused him to say, hey, was that even real? Are you at the point in life that maybe you're discouraged? Hey, you know what the first thing we need to do is remember. There's a song that says, do you remember when you were drowning in a sea of sin? Going down for the last time when you called on his name. He reached out his nail-pierced hands and he lifted you out. So remember where you were back then and thank him for where you are now. Give him the glory for what he's done in your heart. He took you from sin and strife and gave a new start. He took your broken life and he made you complete. So take those crows of glory and cast them at the Savior's feet. Hey, do you remember what Jesus brought you from? I think sometimes in life when we get comfortable, sometimes in life when everything is going well, all of a sudden we can stop going to church because we start to think that it was all us that led us to where we were. And we're like, you know what? Uh, not attending church or not reading your Bible or not praying is just pride saying, hey, God, you know what? I'm okay right now. But as pastor said, you know what happens? People don't just come back to church because everything's going well. They come back to God because their life starts to fall apart. Well, how about this? Before that happens, we just say, hey, I'm going to remember what God has done in my life. Hey, I don't want salvation to get old to me. Hey, I don't want God working in my heart to get old to me. And if it is, then it's time to come and say, hey, God, it's getting old. And please do something in my heart once again. Hey, stir me back up for the things of God because this world is coming crashing down. Remember? 
What can we remember? Hey, his promises. Verse number four, the Bible says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show Jehanna again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. The gospel, the good news. You know what? The promises of God are things that we need to remember. Hey, the promise is, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's a good promise to remember. Hebrews 13, 5, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Philippians 4, 13, Hey, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 1 John 4, 4, remember his promises. Hey, what else can remember his presence? Hey, when's the last time that you met with God? Hey, when's the last time that His presence was real in your life? Hey, when's the last time that you asked God for a specific answer to prayer and God met that answer to prayer? And we say, hey, I remember. And God, you did it back then. And God, you can still do it now. And the God that meets the little needs can meet the big needs as well. Hey, it's time to remember His promises. Hey, it's time to remember His presence. How about His proclamations? You say, what's that? It's a word that starts with P, amen, because I couldn't find his words, amen. And uh, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting might appear to all. But you know what? We're not going to remember those things if we're not spending time in his word. That's why the Bible says to memorize the word of God. Why is that? Because then when the hard times come, all of a sudden that one verse that maybe didn't mean as much to you at one point, you begin to claim it and say, hey God, I'm claiming this verse. Hey God, that's exactly what I needed today in the times that we feel like, hey, the walls of this world are crashing around and I'm not sure what to do financially. I'm not sure what to do physically. And we say, hey God, that's the times that we say, hey, I don't really feel like reading my Bible and God seems kind of distant to me. That's the time that we need to open up the word of God and say, please reveal something to me. And you know what? That's when God steps in. Hey, number one, we need to remember. Hey, in those times of tragedy, those times of trouble, remember. It says in verse 2, Now when he had heard them in the prison, the works of Christ, all of a sudden he recalled to mind all the things that took place, and he wondered, was that all real? Were all those things that took place real? And let me just say this emphatically, yes, they were. And regardless of where you're at, regardless of what's going on, hey, God is still real, remember. Number two, I find that John reached out. John reached out. You know what? I'm so glad that they didn't have smartphones back then in the prison. Because then it might have said that John got on his iPhone and got on social media and said, I'm not sure what's going on or if God is real or not. And I'm just wondering, you know, share this message if you love Jesus. You know, I'm, I don't know what the response would have been. And I, I say it almost comically, but you know what? That's our reaching out a lot of times is we're going through problems. We're going through despair. We're going through uh, trials in our lives. And what do we do? Instead of reaching out to God, we just reach out on social media. Having a rough time, you know, think of me. And you know, that's, I mean, you can do that, but you know what? There's somebody that's willing and ready 
and able to meet each and every one of your needs, and that's the Heavenly Father. Hey, I'm glad he reached out to the right one as well. He didn't go to somebody else in the prison and say, hey, do you think that God's real? Hey, this is what happened in my life, and here's whatever else. And cellmate, what do you think about this? No, it says he sent two of his disciples to go ask Jesus, hey, is all this stuff for real? What's going on here? He went to the right person. And let me just say this, you have a pastor in your church that you can go to that cares about you, that loves you, that prays for you. You know what, that'll, that'll try and help you through advice. And you know what, that advice may be, you know what, I'm not sure what to do in this situation, but let's pray and let's seek God's face. And you know what, if he's our shepherd that we have, let's go to him when there's problems. Hey, when we're in despair, hey, when things are going in life and we don't know what to do, let's reach out for help. But I think oftentimes in our culture, we just like to say, hey, you know what? I'm just going to keep it all right here. Or maybe I'll reach out to the wrong person. You know what? Let me go ask my neighbor. Hey, I'm having problems with my marriage neighbor. And uh, I, know, I know that you're not married and you're only 19. But uh, this is what my wife is doing. And then he says, I can't believe that. And uh, here's what I think you should do. You know what? Go home and put your foot down. And, and, and again, I'm using a, an extreme example there, but you know what? Let's seek out the godly influences of our lives. You know what? Before we fall off the cliff, let's say, hey, let's try and find some help. Hey, let's try and salvage this thing in our Christian lives. Number one, remember. Number two, reach out. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Seek help. You know what we sang a song is 396 that we sang. I just looking at those words as we were singing it and thinking about the message tonight. Song number 396 says, I must tell Facebook. I must tell, what's the new, what did they change it to? Meta? Is that the new whatever Mark Zuckerberg says he's changing the name and he's having metaverse? I must tell Facebook. I must tell Facebook, I cannot bear my burdens alone. Facebook will help me, you know. Those are special, amen. But you know what, let me just encourage you to reach out to the right one. Do we realize that our creator, the one who made us, the one who knows us better than we know ourselves, is just standing there and he wants to help you. He wants you to experience joy and peace. He wants you to experience all those great things in life, and all we have to do is reach out. What does God say? Hey, call unto me, and I will answer thee. Hey, you know what? We have a promise from God. And you know what? We can claim that promise and say, hey, God, your word says that you'll answer. Your word says that you'll answer our prayers and meet our needs. God wants to, but the question is, are we telling him? I must tell Jesus all of my trials, I cannot bear these burdens alone. In my distress, he kindly will help me. He ever loves and cares for his own. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. Number one, remember. Remember his promises. Remember his presence. Remember his proclamation or his words. Number two, reach out. And number three, I think this is, this is imperative. We need to be receptive. Say, what does receptive mean? It means able or willing to receive something, especially signals or stimuli. Do you know what would have happened here 
You know what we, we do a lot of times in our, in our problems, in our trials, when we're going on? We have a pity party, right? And that's normal. And we like to talk to ourselves and just say, hey, you know what, self? This is not where you envisioned being in a prison, John. And John, do you know what? Do you really think it was the smartest move to talk to a king and tell him what he can't do? And really, it's your fault that you told him that, and that's the reason why you're in prison. And you know what? You shouldn't have done that, and it wasn't the right thing to do, and I know you felt that it was God's will at the time, and I know you're trying to do what's right, but obviously, with the circumstances you're facing, it wasn't right, and you're talking, and, and guess what's happening when you're talking? You're not what? Listening. You can't hear, right? If John would have been having a pity party and talking to himself about it, do you think he would have heard what was going on around him? You know what? Sometimes we're so busy talking that we're not listening. And we need to be receptive. It says here, hey, he was sitting there and he heard in the prison the works of Christ and he, he reached out. But you know what? He was receptive as well. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. You know, we need to stop trying to figure it out. Hey, why did this happen? How am I going to get out of it? You know what? God has a plan. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You know, there's something about being receptive, and that is you can't be talking if you want to hear what God is saying. But sometimes we're too busy telling everybody about our problems and telling, tell, telling God our problems and telling the right one, and then we're not receptive to the response. The Bible says, take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. And you know what the response was? You know what Jesus' response was? Let me, let, me, let me look at it this way. You know what? If I was John and I was in a prison and I was doing what was right and I was confused and saying, hey, is this really real? Then my expectation would be that God would respond, yes, I'm real and I'm here to get you out. But let me just say this. God is not there to get us out of our situations. He's there to help us through them. And by the way, you say, well, you know what? Uh, I'm thinking ahead, and I know where this story ends, Brother Dan. I know where this ends, and it doesn't work out well, so I don't, I don't think that I'm going to follow your advice. And you're thinking, okay, well, it didn't work out well because John was beheaded, and that was it. Boom, end of story. But that's not it. Because you know what? When he was beheaded, all of a sudden, he's standing in God's presence. No more sorrow. No more pain. No more tears. And there's situations here historically looking at that there was a rebellion, there was an uprising that could have took place, historically speaking, as a result of this act. And you know what, let me just say this, maybe that was the case, maybe not. doesn't say it biblically, but I'll just say this, that God has a plan. And you know what, if that plan is that one day, hey, you know what, we're going to face martyrdom or we're going to face something for taking a stand, then you know what, I don't think that we're going to regret it in heaven one day. And you know what? This is the only hell as Christians will ever experience here in this life. And I say that to just say, hey, how do we get through trials? How do we get through tragedies? Number one, we need to remember. Hey, remember what God has done in your life. God is real. Hey, God's still on the throne. God is still working. Number two, reach out. Hey, if we've got a problem that's going on, reach out to someone. Say, hey, can you pray with me? Hey, can we talk through this situation? If we've got difficulties in our marriage, if we've got difficulties with our children, do you know what pastor is going to say if you come to his office and say, hey, you know what, I've got a problem in my marriage or I've got a problem with my kids. He's going to look at you and say, oh, sorry. No, he's going to look at you and say, well, let's, what can we do to get through it? Let me help you. That's what the response is going to be. But I think sometimes we get embarrassed. You know what happens if you have discussions in your marriage? 
It's called a normal marriage, amen? And if you don't have discussions in your marriage, please let me know, because I'd, I'd like to get some of, we don't, we don't have arguments, we've never had an argument, amen? We just have discussions. And sometimes they're heated, and sometimes the police are called. No, 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 the police are already there, amen? And uh, that's why we drive to church separate, amen? But uh, what do we do? Hey, reach out. So get some help and say, hey, God, you know what? I need help with my life. God, I'm a little bit discouraged. God, I'm feeling defeated. God, I don't know what the next step is. And by the way, the Bible says he'll answer you. But what do we need to do for that answer? We need to be receptive. So after we go to the throne of grace, after we seek that help, you know what we need to do then is stop and take a time out and say, let's be patient. Let's wait for God to answer. But you know what? That's where I have a hard time. I want to pray and say, God, meet this situation. And then I want to get up and then solve it myself. Right? But it's just take a time out. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You know what? We're going to need strength to get through the things that are going to come. And by the way, let me tell you this. Uh, you may think that, hey, everything's going to get better, but you know what? I know what happens in the book of Revelation. Things are going to get much, much worse than they are right now. But you know what? Let's not let our circumstances affect us. Let's not live in fear. Let's not live in a, a state of distress. Oh, I don't know what's going to take place. I know what's going to take place one day. I'm going to be in heaven, amen? And whether that's the trumpet sounding or whether that something else takes my life, guess what? One day I'm going to be in the presence of God. So if that's the case, let me live today towards eternity. And what can I do today to tell somebody about Jesus, to encourage someone and to do what's right? Remember, number one, to remember. Number two, to reach out. Number three, to be receptive. I don't know what it is tonight that you need to work on. Maybe you do remember, and maybe you have reached out, and it's just the receptive part. It's time to just take a time out. Hey, maybe it's the first part that you're having doubts, and you're wondering, hey, look, am I doing what's right? And we need to remember, hey, remember God's word. Maybe it's reaching out. Maybe you're at the point where you're saying, hey, I can't handle it anymore. It's time to reach out and get some help. And God is there, and your pastoral staff is here to help you. But you know what? The goal is that we live this life and victory, that we're more than conquerors, not just surviving, but thriving. You know what? We can live a joyful life here in this life if we'll follow the Word of God. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.